What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Norman Side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Tad the Side. And Tad, we're rolling right along. We got a lot of these position episodes to go, but I think it's the big important thing that we just keep stressing every single episode that we've done recently is just that we do these episodes for you. Like, I mean, all of you tuning in on YouTube, all of you people tuning in on our podcast, listening, like, I mean, we want to make sure that you are all set for your fancy drafts because they're going to be here sooner than you think. So we want to make sure that you're all set with your draft rankings and you know who to avoid, you know who to target at later rounds. And I mean, just all of that in between, like, I mean, we're going through and we're going to give you all of our, you know, positional like ideas as far as like, you know, who to target, who to avoid. And just like, you know, we're going head first. I mean, we keep saying this, but just like we're head first into fantasy content to help you win your leagues. Like that is our goal. Every single time that we do this podcast in the season here is just to make sure that you guys are in the best position to win your titles, win your leagues, win your championships, wherever you're playing fantasy football this year. Hold up. What do you mean by you people? <laughs> All the people turning into no, you know, watching us. No, no, that was a tee up for a Tropic Thunder reference. Yeah, I saw that movie once and I didn't enjoy it. <gasps> That's a hot take. We may need to go on Chauncey Talisa's podcast and talk about that. That's a terrible take right there. No, I, no. The proper response to that question is, "What do you mean, you people? Like, come on, man. That that was that was the definition of a tee up. But yes, we are doing this for you people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we did previously our quarterback episode. We did our running back episodes. So make sure you tune into both of those episodes after you finish listening to today's episode, where we're going to be covering wide receivers. So I mean, there's position group. It's one of them because there's so many of them, especially like we've talked about so many times before. Just the league has turned very pass heavy now. Like, I mean, we're hearing all these things about, like, you know, running backs is not getting paid the same amount that they once Dude, was. You know, NFL Twitter went crazy over that. That was, man, things are getting a little hostile out there. Yeah, like, I mean, we're obviously seeing lots of these running backs just not getting paid the same amount. Like, I mean, Saquon Barkley, just he's going to play on the franchise tags. That news broke a little bit today. So is uh, Josh Jacobs and the third one there. Like, Tony Pollard, he was also franchise tag. So those three guys are playing on a franchise tag. Barkley wanted the extension, but he didn't get it because clearly the Giants are like, I don't know if we want to invest this much in a running back. You know what I mean? It's just like Barkley. Yeah, that's sort of the state of the running back position it is right now. I, we're getting a little off topic here, but Barkley oh, had the least am, amount of uh, sympathy for because I mean they were throwing him like eleven million dollars a year, and he was like, nah. It's like, dude, like come on, you you gotta know what you're in for. The craziest story. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see where Josh Jacobs was at when the te- uh, deadline passed? No, I think I missed that one. He was chilling in the Raiders parking lot. Wow. With Max Crosby, apparently. Interesting. Imagine Interesting. being the Raiders GM and being like, really, dude? Really? You're going to walk the 60 feet into the facility to sign your yeah, – fuck you. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one. Yeah, but yeah. those are obviously running backs. We're here to talk about receivers in today's episode. And like we do in the previous episodes, you see our social media handles down below. Make sure you're interacting with us as the fantasy season goes along. You got me on Twitter, I'm on the side 23, Tad at Tad side 94. You got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And of course, we're on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. We recently dropped our quarterback rankings, our full 1 through 12 rankings. So make sure you go check that out. That you could check out while you're listening to the episode. So that we're okay if you do both the same time. Fun, fun story about that, by the way. My friends were like, what is the thinking? And he goes, oh, this is fancy. 
Yes. Because he <laughs> thought you ranked like Trevor Lawrence above Aaron Rodgers. Spoiler alert. Like just in terms of like general how they yeah. play. No, no, no. These and, are fantasy yeah, no. rankings. So it's, it's, it's fantasy. <laughs> Relax, people. It's there and, the yes, title. Yeah, like, right. you know, make sure you have better eyes than Tad's friends here, apparently. <laughs> like, make sure oh. you see that. Oh, why'd you ranking. do that? Great. I had to. I, now I have to put up with it. Thank you. I know. I know. You can give my number. They can text me. I'll deal with it. They might. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so we're going to be dropping our running back rankings pretty soon too, as well as the rest of our position rankings as these episodes come out. We give you the episode along with the rankings. That's what we're sharing, excuse me, on our social media handles for sure. But let's not delay any longer, Tad. Let's get into some wide receiver talk here. And we're going to start here at the very top, just like we've done in our previous two episodes, where we're going to talk about our rankings, but not the full rankings, obviously. We're not doing a rankings episode like we've done in past years. We're really only talking about the number one guy. And then just like I talked about earlier, we will be releasing our full rankings, one through 24 for the receiver position. We'll also be doing one through 24 for the running back position. But just, yeah, we'll go, we'll drop those on social media. Then you can interact with us and be like, this is absolutely absurd that you have Josh Jacobs ranked here. And it's like, where the hell is, you know, Kenneth Walker the third? Why is he not in the rankings or whatever it is that you may have for us? That's what we can tell you. Interact with us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on our rankings. But Tad, we're only going to talk about the number one guy. And just the interesting thing that we're just going to keep bringing up every episode because we're getting two new listeners here who haven't listened to previous two episodes. is just that when we do our positional rankings, we both take a different approach, but yet so far we've gone two for two and having the okay. same exact person right. at that number one ranking. And so I Should think we see if it's three for three. I think it's three for three for this episode too. Okay. All sure. right. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Right. This is finally going to be the time we nail it. Are you ready? <laughs> I am ready. I don't know. Are you ready? Is like my internet connection ready is the bigger question. Yeah. I think All it's right. more of the delay in there. Yeah. There we go. Three. Damn it. AT&T come through here just for once. <laughs> Three, two, one. Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. <laughs> like I said, I think you just need to stop with that because of the lag or whatever it is with you being in Texas instead of being on the best coast in California here. You know what I mean? So, um, but we're yeah, never, surprisingly. We're never going to nail this. It's, yeah, we're never okay. going to nail it. No, no. Uh, but like we talked about, Tad, we take different approaches to the position rankings, yet we still landed on the same guy. And that's Justice Jefferson, the wide receiver of the Minnesota Vikings. So, I mean, I'll pass it to you here real quick here, because obviously you will need to explain your rankings is a little bit different than the standard rankings and obviously different than the way I did my rankings. And so then you can just more to speak to why Justice Jefferson is going to finish rank first in your method of rankings. We're going to piss off a lot of LAFB people with this, but yes, because I, I, I can hear the screams right now coming straight through my headsets. Wow. Cooper Cup, are you kidding me? And here's the problem is it's nothing against Cooper Cup. It's I, I talked about this a little bit in uh, our previous episode with our running back rankings where I'm not worried about Cooper Cup. I'm worried about the quarterback's ability in L.A., with Matthew Stafford, he's getting old. He's had elbow concerns. He's had thumb concerns. He's had all these nagging injuries that could mm-hmm. come back. I've always talked about this. Is it a freak injury or is it a nagging injury? Unfortunately for Matthew Stafford, a lot of those are nagging injuries that have a high probability of coming back and causing future problems. So that's why Cooper Cup didn't quite make my pick. And kind of the flip side of that coin is Justin Jefferson has the definition of consistency In almost every sense of the word, Justin Jefferson himself has been enormously consistent ever since he's come into the league. Has he had all these like, you know, groundbreaking years? No, 
But, you know, a lot of his career has been groundbreaking. And then on top of that, Kirk Cousins is, in my opinion, probably the most overhated quarterback I've ever seen in my lifetime. I, I don't mean that, you know, as it, like I, I actually mean that as to say he he's good. He's good. Let me let me say this. Wow. I, it, After but, all that you settled on, he's that was that good. was that, that was, was twenty was, seconds to nothing. That was bad. That was twenty seconds. So that was that, I, I should have gone dead. That, that was not actually. That was not. I'm having PTSD. <laughs> that you boiled all that down to just he's good. Move My on. point being <laughs> is he now you're throwing me off even more. <laughs> so, sorry, but it's just like I was expecting like just something I a lot so better. Badly. You were stumbling so much, I and hope. I was just like, okay, maybe it's gonna lead to somewhere. And then you're just like, he's good. <laughs> I hope so badly you crash on air so much because God knows the second you do, I am taking full advantage of it. Go for it. My point being is Kirk Cousins is the most overhated quarterback of my entire life. That was the take I was trying to spit out and I choked on my own words, but I really do mean that because, and this is why I went to he's good is just that he's a good quarterback. Is he a great quarterback? No. Will he ever be a great quarterback? Probably not. Especially considering he's what 33 now. So, you look at Kirk Cousins' career, though, he's really never had a bad year. So you know that Justin, going all the way back to Justin Jefferson before, you know, I, you know, stuck my words down my throat with a plunger, is uh, Justin Jefferson has a good, consistent quarterback with a good, consistent head coach so far, and, you know, a good overall consistent offense. Then where are you going to get a good, consistent receiver? And we know when Justin Jefferson is what? good and consistent, he tends to put up some pretty good numbers. So Justin Jefferson, the number one overall receiver. I'm going to mute my mic. You you take it from here. I, I need a break. <laughs> yeah, because pretty much what that all boiled down to is that Tad thinks the Minnesota Vikings passing offense is good and consistent, which I very much agree with, but just maybe he could have used a little bit more flourish in his, you know, wordsmithing there a little bit. All right, right? Sh- all right Shakespeare, <laughs> you take it from here then. I'm not God, claiming God. to be a wordsmith or a, you know, expert at the English language, but you no, actually no, no, went no, to no, school no. for it. Go, go ahead. You actually Edgar. went to school no, for no, no. it. That's go ahead, it. Edgar Allan Poe. You take it from here. <laughs> um, yeah, jackass. I don't think you even explained your rankings. Fine. My rankings are... <laughs> or your method un- to I can't have to unmute myself here. My rankings are... As Amur does, where they will be drafted, I do, where they will finish the season. So I do believe that Justin Jefferson will finish the season as number one overall receiver. A little bit of the hot take that I'll sneak in here. Cooper Cup, number four receiver. I don't even think Cooper Cup's going to be top three. Wow, that is a bit of a hot take. I mean, we talked about it so much, Ted, that's like even at the end of the season, Cooper Cup was still like wide receiver, I think. 25 or something like that 28 like he's still top 30 even though he played it in nine games for so total. long it's i'm, it's I'm going insane. i might just like plant my flag in this hill every year from now on that streak has to end eventually like it's it's the aaron paul that. it's I'll i say i say that. this constantly on the podcast it's the aaron paul breaking bad thing you can't keep getting away with this he can't keep being good for this long like eventually he's gonna fall off i'm calling it to be this year all right all right apparently we'll the only thing i can call tonight We'll see how that all plays out. But just, yeah, just a little bit more just Jefferson here. So I do my rankings basically off of pre-draft rankings, how I think they'll be drafted based on how you're approaching your league. And so I justify it's based on my personal preference, obviously, a little bit there. But still, I think it's just clear cut that Justin Jefferson is the number one there because 
he separated himself in such a short time frame, only three seasons in the league, and he's already such – I think he's arguably the best receiver in the league right now. In the NFL, in his first three seasons, he has had – he's the most receiving yards in three seasons with 4,825. He has the most receptions in the first three seasons in the league with 324. I mean, he plays in an offense, like you said, under Kevin O'Connell that's sort of emphasizing the passing game now as opposed to the running game under Mike Zimmer with Dalvin Cook and Adrian Peterson obviously during his time when he was there. So, I mean, this is definitely going to benefit Justin Jefferson in the long term. And like you said, Kirk Cousins as well, where he's willing to throw it. And then also, let's not forget that we brought this up before, Tad, in a previous episode. Kirk Cousins is going into a contract year, so you would expect him to sort of ball out and sort of throw it a lot more to put up some of those gaudy numbers so then he can sort of cash in when it gets into the offseason, right? So that's going to benefit Justice Jefferson as well. And then the big thing, too, that some people may see as a negative, but upgrading from Adam Thielen to Jordan Addison, where it's like it'll take a little bit away from Justice Jefferson because Jordan Addison is going to be a dynamic threat on the other side. I think if anything, it's just going to help Justin Jefferson because now they're going to have to worry about another piece of this offense where it's like before it was like, okay, Adam Thielen, is he a threat? Yeah, maybe not the same threat. Let's just focus more of our attention on Jefferson. Now it's like, okay, Addison is really going to be able to beat us in different ways. Now we really got to focus our attention on him. But then it's like that leaves open Justin Jefferson. So just clear cut, Justin Jefferson, fantasy receiver, wide receiver number one, starting and ending for sure. I'm glad you brought up the addition of Jordan Addison because there, there's a saying I came up with, and, uh, you know, just not to do my own horn. It's called addition by subtraction. You know, I, I patented that. That's, that's mine. But anyway, is what I mean by, oh, come on. <laughs> it's like talking to a brick wall sometimes with it's you. Like, Whatever. How can you it's, claim that after that whole spiel you had about good and consistent you know, Justin even, Jefferson? Even, even a blind squirrel like, finds him not every once in a while. Oh, you're gonna replay? You re- reuse that one from earlier today too? Like, I mean, geez. <laughs> continue with your take about Jordan Addison. Why don't you? Uh, so many inside jokes happening right now. But anyway, <laughs> is uh, I uh, going back to an episode we did three episodes, uh, you know, ago. I think three episodes ago. But where we talked about that Jordan Addison may actually struggle to adapt to the NFL and he may not make the fancy impact that we're all expecting him to right away. Right away. We're not saying it all. But the fact that Jordan Addison may struggle and that KJ Osborne, while good, does have a certain ceiling, actually may help Justin Jefferson's case even more. Because what does that mean? Kirk Cousins has to lean on Justin Jefferson all that much more. So it leads to more target share and more looks that he will benefit from just by pure mathematics of like him just like getting the football almost every single passing play they have. So like you said, it's the best. It's a win-win scenario. Uh, if Jordan Addison adapts the NFL well, great. It's less pressure off Justin Jefferson. Then they have to also pay attention to him. If he doesn't adapt that well, then awesome. Justin Jefferson's going to get the ball a whole hell of a lot more. So it's it. that's the thing. That's why Justin Jefferson got the number one nod for me, at least, is that the more I looked at his situation, I, I can't find a real downside other than him. I'm not saying I hope this happens. I really hope it doesn't. But um, other than like some freak season-ending injury, there's no way this guy does at least land in the top three. Now, if he does have that, that will be catastrophic. And that just tells you how good this guy is, though, is because so many people are going to, like, you know, pin their season on this one player. And they should. Like, that's a risk worth taking. And I just, and he's never really had an injury history either. So, Justin Jefferson easily 
honestly, probably my easiest number one. Well, no, Patrick Mahomes was my easiest number one, but second easiest number one pick for all the positions. And just put it out to the universe that Justin Jefferson is going to suffer an injury now. <laughs> so, I mean, have fun with that. I'm going to feel real bad if that happens. <laughs> oh, gosh. Mark hey, if he, if he does, what they, should, what they should do is just, you know, give up, you know, Justin Jefferson. Colts will send you a second round pick. We'll take him. We'll, we'll rehab him. We'll, we'll take care of your boy. Send him on over. Yeah, that's definitely not going to happen. Minnesota, Indianapolis. It's like, what, like a two-hour drive? He can do it. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. But... Let's sort of switch things here because you're saying that just there's no downside to drafting Justin Jefferson, right? But I think there are a couple players out there at the wide receiver position, Tad, that I think there's no downside drafting them. And so we want to highlight them as wide receiver busts potentially for this upcoming season. So I'll pass to you here. Like, who's a guy that you sort of labeled as just like, yeah, I'm not touching this guy in my fantasy draft because I just think he's got that bust label written on him, excuse me, for that 2023 season. Emmer, as you know, I'm a gambling man. So let me, let me, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm normally a good gambling man. Depends on what day you ask me. But uh, I'm going to use a gambling term here. I'm doubling down. Because I said this man was going to disappoint last season. And credit where it's due, he proved me wrong. But I'm betting that he doesn't do it twice. Christian Kirk is going to be your receiver bus of the year. And here's why it's it's honestly for it, it, here's how it differs from last year. Last year I said he wasn't good enough. How could they pay him all this money? Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. This is nothing against Christian Kirk personally as a player or well or I guess as a person. I don't really know him as a person, but um although I would love to get to know you at Christian Kirk if you listen to this podcast, reach out. Uh handles are right there below. But here's the issue I take with this Jaguars offense is it's first of all, it's a couple things, right? So there's just first and foremost, there's so many mouths to feed on this offense that surprisingly it went from like nothing to like a lot of things right yeah they exploded within like two years it's insane so Mm -hmm. they have calvin ridley who's coming back we'll get to that later spoiler alert they have evan ingram who just signed a fairly nice contract extension i actually thought that extension worked out well for both sides Mm -hmm. um so evan ingram's here to stay you have travis etienne who now that he actually has a coach that properly knows how to use him is seeing an expanded role in this offense and let's not forget that they also have trevor lawrence who is obviously the pinnacle of this offense if he goes down everybody goes down i don't mean go down with an injury is i feel like everybody's assuming that trevor lawrence is going to keep improving as the years go by, but we don't have that guarantee. Trevor Lawrence did find a good last year, looked pretty good in the playoffs. So I feel like a lot of people are taking for granted that Trevor Lawrence could take a step back next year. And by step back, I don't mean like turn into this all time bus before people start yelling me about that. But I feel like a lot of people are drafting a lot of these Jaguar players, expecting Trevor Lawrence to be a 40 touchdown player next year and i'm just not quite sure he's there yet i think he will get there unfortunately but i don't know if he will and okay so basically we're dealing with three possibilities here four one trevor lawrence does continue to progress and he's great and i'm wrong okay that's one probably not gonna happen because i'm very rarely wrong except for when i tried to speak on a podcast apparently yeah two shut up is (laughs) you said it on me two Trevor Lawrence takes a step back, in which case all of his pass catchers are going to start suffering, and that's something that you just need to take into account. So I don't, and I, I don't advise against taking Christian Kirk as long as you are ready to take a backup plan there. Three, 
Trevor Lawrence and don't want to speak this into it. Yeah, I kind of do. Three, Trevor Lawrence's offensive line is fine. I looked at their depth chart earlier today. I wasn't really blown away. It's not as bad as I thought. So credit where Jackson, credit where it's due. Jacksonville did do a good job of kind of showing that up. But the third possibility is Trevor Lawrence gets hurt. And then you have a real problem because everybody's production drops off when that happens. And four, and this is the most realistic uh, you know, possibility in my opinion, is he's just not going to get the ball enough. I think Evan Ingram is going to be a safety blanket. Calvin Ridley is so versatile that Doug Peterson is going to find things just to involve him in that offense way more than Christian Kirk. And on top of that, like I said, Travis Etienne is, he's not even a running back. And I know I've given Norman Meyer a lot of shit for this, but he's a running back wide receiver hybrid. He's not just a wide receiver, Urban Meyer. That's how you make that distinction. So I think with Etienne, Ridley, and Ingram, chewing away all these targets. I, I don't think, uh, you know, Christian Kirk is undraftable, but I think a lot of people are going to be drafting him expecting, you know, Oh, I got a solid wide receiver two here and you are going to get flex numbers at best from him. So I would really stay away from Christian Kirk. As long as you're managing your expectations. I, it's just this whole Jaguars offense. I just, I don't like there. It's, it's either going to be the best offense in the NFL or it's going to be a huge disappointment. I really feel like there's going to be no in between here. You bring up a lot of good points. <clears throat> I think the big thing is just, it all hinges on Trevor Lawrence. That's the big one. It's just, mm-hmm. if he takes that step forward, this offense is definitely going to take that step forward with him. And we're going to see all this production from all the players that you listed out. You're also left out Zay Jones coming out of the slot. I think it's going to be yeah, productive. There's, a, there's, that there's a reason he's not, he's not good. <laughs> But just overall, it's just I'm seeing just <clears throat> the offensive line, I think, could be an issue. So, I mean, if they that, are it's able concerning. To, it's concerning. Exactly. I really they, thought that it was going to be better when I checked out that depth chart. So if they don't hold up and they allow Trevor Lawrence to get hit multiple times, then it's like that's going to be an issue and they're not going to be able to, you know, build up a flow, build up a rhythm on offense. And obviously there's a potential, like you said, that he could get hurt as well. Uh, but overall, for what I saw last year, like, I mean, they didn't make significant upgrades to the offensive line, but they were still pretty manageable throughout the entire season. We saw some good numbers. Obviously, Christian Kirk had that amazing season that nobody sort of expected, really. I think a lot of people had him on that, like, why are people targeting this guy so high? Why did the Jaguars pay him the crazy amount of money that they paid him in the offseason. That's why it's double down, baby. That's why it's double down. No, it's fair. And it's fair. But I think just a lot of people are also sort of speculative on just like, what sort of Calvin Ridley are we going to get? I know he had a year off. It's just like, you know, is he going to come out of the gates just the same Calvin Ridley that we're used to seeing that back in Atlanta? Or are we going to see a little bit of rust and he's going to take a little bit of time before he finally gets back to his old self and just how long that's going to take? So that's where I sort of like, I'm sort of splitting the hand, splitting the line there where it's like, you know, I do understand that Christian Kirk will definitely take a step back because Calvin Ridley is there. But if Calvin Ridley sort of, like I said, just doesn't come out hot enough where it's like he's the same guy, they may decide to rely on Christian Kirk a little bit more. So I understand why you're labeling him bust, but I guess just I'm a little bit more of just like, I'm not calling him a bust. I'm not calling him a sleeper. He's sort of like just like that. Just a guy, I guess. Well, okay, and, I and this is why I'm labeling him as a bust, though, is because I think you and I, uh, yeah, because I make this mistake a lot of times, too, is you, we do so much research that goes into the show. And trust me, guys, we do yeah. a lot of research that goes into the show. So, yes, yeah, so you and me, yeah, he's he's a fine 
fantasy option and we recognize that but i think what a lot of more casual fantasy players do and hopefully they are listening to this podcast is they'll look at because this is honestly the way i draft as well so i'll look at last year's stats and i'll kind of look at them and be like okay (laughs) and here's the problem though is if you look at last year's stats with christian kirk you're gonna be like oh this guy's our number one receiver and you're gonna take him that's why i'm saying don't do it don't do it it's like it's just it's one of those things where Yes, last year's stats look very enticing, and yes, there's a lot of reason to assume he will repeat those or come close to repeating them. I don't think he's going to get even close to last year's stats, so that's why I have him labeled as bust, because I agree. If you are a fantasy, not even guru, but if you are a little bit more dialed into the fantasy world, a lot of people rightfully are going to stay away from uh, Christian Kirk, so this is advice for the more casual listeners. Don't do it. (laughs) <laughs> don't do the thing. I know you want to do the thing. I hope you do the thing, but I hope you do the right thing. And the right thing is not drafting Christian Kirk. That's fair. That's fair. So I still, I, I think just let's correct that. So I, I still want to draft Christian Kirk, but just don't mm. value him as high as you would where his ADP is. I think that's the big thing. Cause I still I'm, would want him I'm, on my roster. I'm that's drafting. I'm only drafting him as a bench backup bench okay. option. He's not even flex in my book. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm going to get to a guy that I think has been pretty successful during his time in the NFL, but just, I think with the change in the offense and the philosophy that's going to be happening in the new team in the team that he's playing on, that's going to really affect his fancy production. I'm going to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go to Chris Godwin. So you look at Chris Godwin and might as well be a new team. (laughs) So you look at the season that he had, he put up his highest reception total with 104 receptions. He went over a thousand receiving yards, 1023. And he only had three touchdowns though. Um, You look at the season before, obviously this is all with Tom Brady. He had 98 receptions, 1,103 receiving yards, five touchdowns. Like, I mean, he's been a consistent weapon in this offense, but just that's the big thing. It's been with Tom Brady. And now that Tom Brady is no longer the man under center, we have sort of a shift in philosophy. Like I sort of said, we're going away from Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. Now we're going to a more defensive minded head coach and maybe a little bit more of a conservative approach under Todd Bowles. And now the new quarterback. Baker Mayfield and I mean like we've seen different sides of Baker Mayfield we've seen the aggressive like the you know worthy of that number one overall pick at times but I think a lot more of what we've seen is just that just is he a product of you know Lincoln Riley system back in Oklahoma like I mean are we seeing more of that I think we see that more of that in the NFL compared to that number one overall pick sort of that he sort of became um so I think you look at what he's going to do here in Tampa Bay and it's just like I think we'll see some good flashes, and I think he's going to be successful at times, especially we've talked about this so many times. This division is so weak that I think he's going to be able to look good at times against like some of these divisional opponents of other teams as well. But I think it's just the biggest thing that we always like to talk about fantasy football is just consistency. I just don't think we're going to see it enough from Baker Mayfield to warrant drafting like Honestly, a lot of these uh, Buccaneers wide receivers and just pass catchers in general. Now, I am trusting Mike Evans a little bit more because he's the primary receiver. He's a bit of a bigger body. He can sort of move the chains for you. Obviously, he's valuable in the red zone. So I think because of that, I would target Mike Evans more than Chris Godwin. But just like seeing the sort of dynamics or like the route running and the speed that Chris Godwin uh, utilizes in his type of play. I don't know if that's going to succeed as much with Baker Mayfield now at quarterback. I just don't think he's going to be as effective. So, I mean, 
Is he still a dynamic threat? Yes. I think just with the changes of how the offense is going to be with Baker Mayfield under center now too, it's just, it's not going to lead to him being as successful. So it's just like, based on where he's going, he's going higher in some drafts than Mike Evans because of just his consistency of what he's been able to do in the Tampa Bay's offense. It's just like, I'd be a little bit more surprised there. I am valuing Mike Evans a little bit more than Chris Godwin, but just both guys, I'm very much tempering expectations, very much like a wait and see. Now, both those guys are definitely going to get drafted, but I'm seeing both of them as more of like wide receiver twos. Definitely nowhere near that wide receiver one tier. Not. I'm I'm the same way. We talked about this a little bit during our running back episodes. Like, where are some offenses you're completely staying away from? Tampa Bay is one of them. I yeah. don't think I'm yeah, touching a safe. single Tampa Bay player in any of my drafts. And, you know, to share a little bit, you know, some advanced stats is I, I love the fact that you use this word is he seems he seems like a dynamic player. That's where everyone falls for the track. Is because of Murray. I could not believe it when I looked this up, and because I almost picked Chris Godwin as my bus player. So this was before I even knew that he was going to be yours. He get I'm, actually, you know what? Let's play our favorite game. Ready for this? <clears throat> Over or under? Oh God! <laughs> seven yards. Did Chris Godwin average out of the slot per reception? Seven yards out of the slot. So are you going to go six and a half, or are you going to give me seven and a half? I'm, no, I'm giving you seven. You're giving me seven. Okay. Seven flat. Average yards per route out of the slot. Per, That's per, reception, per reception. Per reception. Per um, reception. I'm going to go under. You are wrong. Okay. I love this game. Oh, okay. I love this game. This is this is what's called revenge, by the way. Um, it is. Just wait but, till you next pop quiz, my well, friend. Well, oh, good, good God. I mean, <laughs> Whatever that happens. If I can spit it out, but we'll exactly. see. Exactly. That's the uh, other part of it. You're not actually far off though, because it was 9.9, which is those are tight end numbers of like out of slot of only like you're you don't even get a first day. Sure, yeah, get close to the first down, but you barely put up the first down. No, if I'm having a stretch the field slot receiver, I want to see 15, 20 yards in there, not 9.9. That is not great. He put his slot numbers were abysmal. And yes, I didn't write them down because I didn't ultimately end up picking him. But trust me, there are a lot more advanced statistics that show that he's actually not as efficient out of the slot position that you would think he is. And that is why I think both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin struggle is because if you want an outside receiver to do well on, you know, the outside, the slot receiver has to draw attention. And if Chris Godwin's not efficient there then both of them are going to struggle because he's not efficient on the inside. The outside receivers get more attention all the way out there. It's it's in this again, I will repeat exactly what you just said. This is all was happening with Tom Brady. That's where I'm getting all these advanced statistics. So now that we have Baker Mayfield and a guy that I once said, I believe in, hopefully I'm right. Not feeling great about it. Kyle Trask. Yeah, he's still part of the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the, just the fact that he's still part of the conversation really shows what an issue this offense might be. Yep, yep. Ooh, I'm not. I mean, like, if by some, I'm not even gonna say miracle. If by some chance that uh, Chris Godwin is still there in the last three rounds, sure, I may take a flyer on him, but there's no way. Because it's funny, the article I read actually had him in a six round ADP so far. Um, even six round, I'm not even touching Chris Godwin. 
yeah, I think this is once again one of those offenses where it's just like I'm not sure how much I could trust them when it's coming to the draft. Now it's, it's very much a wait and see sort of approach. Um, but just yeah, based on where he's going in drafts and just how he's ranked positionally, I just yeah, it's hard for me to sort of trust that for sure. So I'm waiting if he goes a little bit later, like you said, if he hangs around a lot longer, then obviously I take a flyer on him because then there's value there. So then it's like okay, I didn't waste a high pick on him. But yeah, going at his ADP, I'm definitely not reaching for him, and I'm definitely not taking at him where he's currently slated right now. So let's get the positive here, Tad. Let's get to somebody that we both are anticipating to have good seasons and sort of labeling them as sleepers because they may be going a lot later than people are anticipating, yet you can still get immense value because of the situation that they're in. So Tad, who's a sleeper that you like at the receiver position this year? So I know I just poo-pooed a lot on the Jaguars, but I'm about to do something that is infinitely tougher. I'm about to compliment the Jaguars, which is something that while I feel complimenting this or wearing this hat is a real, real betrayal, but I'm, I'm going to do my best. I went from Christian Kirk as my bus to Calvin Ridley as my sleeper. And let me tell you why is, I mean, like I said, I think that there are a lot of mouths to feed on this offense, but what works best in Doug Peterson's offense is versatility. And Calvin Ridley has a lot of good versatility. And Amir, I know you already brought this up is yes, I think a lot of it, and this is why he's my pick of sleepers. I think a lot of people are either a, just going to forget about him, you know, kind of go, going to the more casual fancy, you know, players. They're just going to be like, Oh yeah, that used to be a number one receiver or the more in depth fancy players are going to say like you did, he took a year off. I don't trust him physically. I don't trust him fitness-wise. Both are legitimate concerns, but both I think he's going to overcome because from all reports from OTAs, which fucking terrify me, is he is firing <laughs> on all cylinders, which is terrible. And apparently he and Trevor Lawrence have you know great chemistry. And I know what people are saying. Well, of course the Jacksonville papers are going to say. It's not just the Jacksonville papers. Like legitimately, I've not read a single report. And trust me, I do read a lot of reports coming out of the AFC South. He's going to be good. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of like non-biased third-party news outlets are like, no, no, Calvin really looks good. And it's, it's going to suck. So going back to 2020, and I know that because it is a far way off, Calvin really finished as the fifth best fantasy receiver out there. He had 90 targets in his last really productive year in Atlanta before he got the suspension, which is absolute bullshit, by the way. Can we figure out these gambling rules? I mean, just... You know, I get gambling on your own games. Don't do that. Although Jonathan da uh, Taylor did hit that over. That was a good bet. <laughs> Atta boy, Isaiah Rogers. But anyways, is now that Calvin Ridley is figured out, you know, middleman, I assume. Um, are we going to have to hire a lawyer for that statement? Something along those lines. All right. Ryan Dyer, get on it. But uh, now that Calvin Ridley has found out a smarter way to gamble, I think that he's going to absolutely explode on the field because he's more versatile. Doug Peterson has proven himself time and time again to figure out if you have speed, he'll make it work on this offense. And that's what makes him more valuable over guys like Christian Kirk. So I know people are going to go, wait, 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 you have a bus and a sleeper on the same team? Absolutely. And that's why. Is Calvin really in a lot of these rankings? And like I said earlier, especially if you organize it of like, oh, how did he do last year? Calvin really obviously is going to go to the bottom of that list. So there's a real possibility that he's going to take a little bit more of a slip than people think. And I really think that he is going to put up what Christian Kirk put up last year. So I'm like switching them out. Like take what Kirk did last year, put Ridley in there. That's my hot take. I, I, why is this so Jaguar centered? I hate this. <laughs> 
I don't know, man, because you submitted your picks first. I mean, this is all on you. <laughs> it's no, I literally was like, okay, Christian Kirk. I was like, okay, I did an order. I was like, all right, he's a boss. I feel good about that. And I was looking at the sleepers. I was like, all right, Calvin Ridley. I'm like, wait, shit. And I just, yeah, I got, I got around with it. There's a reason I'm wearing my Colt hat. I got to show some, you know, form of fandom. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. So literally um, a little bit. <laughs> uh, just circling back to what I was talking about with Christian Kirk was just like. I do anticipate Calvin really sort of acclimating very quickly and becoming that dynamic threat that he once was. It's just, like I said, I just don't know how long it's going to take. Because, yes, I'm reading the same reports you're reading that he's just absolutely killing it in OTAs. He's just looking like his old self. But practice is a lot different than game speed. So it's like maybe just as he's sort of getting back to the game, I think it's just like maybe he'll be a little bit slow at the gate. And that's where sort of Christian Kirk is sort of even what Calvin Ridley is doing. So, like I said, I'm not – labeling Christian Kirk a sleeper or a buzz. I'm not doing the same thing with Calvin Ridley either. I do like both players on my fancy roster. It's just that, yeah, I just, once again, I think it's just tempering expectations. Maybe I'm just a little bit too, you know, realistic with this. We're just like, I'm trying to figure out just like, is this going to be a good situation for either receiver who, what's going to happen? Like, is he going to eat it to Christian Kirk? Is Calvin really going to be the same guy right out of the gate? Like week one, he's going to be the same guy. I don't know. So it's just, I think it's just tempering expectations, but I do like both in fantasy football for sure. And I'd probably say I like Calvin really a little bit more because the ceiling is higher. So for sure, I'd probably lean on uh, Calvin really more compared to Christian Kirk. But that's what makes a sleeper, right? You roll the sure. dice no, with right big, sure. big upside. Yeah. And that's the thing is I think his upside is way bigger than people give it credit for. But you are 100% correct. It's a, it's a pretty massive risk because there, if, if he busts, it really wouldn't surprise me that much. But it's a risk that I think is going to pay off. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like that. That's a risk that I'd be willing to take. I think with Calvin Ridley for sure, because we've seen it done before. If we haven't seen it done before, it's very much like right. the Trey Lance conversation, where it's like it's a lot of optimism <laughs> and that he can do this, but we haven't seen it yet enough. Where it's just like, okay, what are we banking this on that he could be that guy, right? So it's just like, yeah, this is like we've seen it. He's done it. It's proven. It's just what's gonna happen with that year off. Just how long is it going to take? That's the big thing for me with Calvin Ridley. So yeah, I very much still like Calvin Ridley for sure more than Christian Kirk. So okay, so what's the risk you're gonna take? <laughs> this one's a little bit interesting because I've actually brought up this team before. We were talking about most interesting position battles. So make sure you turn back to that episode to get a full detail on both mine and Tad's uh, position battle preview as we sort of get closer to training camp here in just a matter of like maybe a week and a half or so. Like it's coming up pretty soon. A lot of teams actually, are reporting it exactly a week from now. Actually, a lot of rookies are reporting this week. Like the Niners rookies, they report tomorrow, which is um, July 18th, depending on when you're uh, listening to this podcast, right? So it's like, yeah, rookies report a little bit earlier. So, I mean, there's probably a lot of teams in the same boat. But anyways, so I was talking about the New York Giants and their wide receiver room. And I was just like, I don't know if there's a clear-cut number one option in that group. So I'm not going to talk so much about the group. But there's one guy that I did talk about at the very end when I was done with my segment and done with my spiel about the New York Giants. And I talked about this guy, Darius Slayton, because the biggest thing that Darius Slayton had compared to everybody else on that wide receiver room last year, he stayed healthy. <laughs> like that was the biggest. It's apparently a very tall order in New York. I know it's it's a very low bar in the league, but it's like if you can do that, like I know sort of it's the cliche where it's like the best ability is availability, where it's like that's exactly what Jair Slayton was last year, where it was like he was available all the time. <laughs> so I mean, there's a reason why I trust him a little bit more. And plus, he's been in the offense for now four seasons. I think that he's going into his fifth season now. He is going in his fifth season at what college? This one, I have no idea. Yes. This is the first time I've won this in like five tries. I mean, you got me before. You got me before. I've gotten you before, but yes. No, he went to Auburn. 
Wow, I never would have guessed that one. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so now he's going to his fifth season, a healthy warrior we can all depend on. Carry exactly. On. So I think just the big thing is just like because he has familiarity with this offense, I know we had a turnover in coaching staff with Brian Dable taking over last year. But just the fact that he's just familiar with Daniel Jones, who's been on the roster longer, I think just that's the sort of connection or relationship that you can sort of depend on in the passing offense compared to some of the other guys. Because it's like Sterling Shepard I love a lot, but just unfortunately – that's the problem. He gets hurt every single damn year. Where it's just like it's hard to trust him then. Well, when Whereas, you when your you know height is four five, of course that's gonna happen. <laughs> it does make a difference. Especially in the Giants blue, he looks like a goddamn Smurf out there. Yeah, no, that's true. Gargamel is just gonna take him out. <laughs> um, so while I, because I also talked about this in the previous episode too. That's just like. With Brian Dable, I think he knew that he wanted to be a little bit more conservative with Daniel Jones. He wasn't exactly going to air it out. This is not going to be like some sort of Kansas City Chiefs offense all of a sudden in New York with Daniel Jones. But I do think that heading into his second year, I think he's going to put a little bit more confidence in Daniel Jones. He's going to put a little bit more trust in him to sort of make his own decisions, to not just always tuck it and run with it, to sort of make some decisions with his arm and make some passing plays as well. So that's why it's like... I like Darius Slade, but I'm not liking him to be like a starting caliber receiver. He's a guy that... Based on his ADP, Tad, do you want to guess what his ADP is at the position? In terms of ra- – oh, at position? At the position. Um, well, fuck. Who was last uh, last episode we did where you say he was like 36? Oh, it was Khalil Herbert was 36. Yep. yep. 40th? Way lower. What? Yeah. Darius Slayton is 60th. currently ranked around 75. Fuck. So you can get wow. this guy for free. Like, I mean, you can wait for the entire draft to be over. Oh, yeah, you can add him. this guy just, to your yeah, waiver wire. You know, exactly. You can add this guy as a waiver wire target, or just like we've talked about so many times before, your last pick if you've already drafted your kicker and your defense, like use him as a flyer pick, because I think it's such immense value to get a starting caliber receiver way that late. Now, I'm not saying, like I said, he's not going to be a solid wide receiver one. He may not even be a solid wide receiver two, but there are going to be times where based off the matchup and at certain times, he's going to be a streaming play and having that wide receiver one ability on your bench where it's like you don't have to spend a lot to sort of get that guy. Those are the type of guys you want on your bench, the high upside guys that we like to talk about in the fantasy world here. So that's exactly what Darius Slayton's going to be because he's going to be able to stay healthy he's very productive when he's on the field and i think the biggest thing is just like i said he's going for practically nothing you're getting him for peanuts when you're entering your fantasy draft no matter how many people are in your league like i said if you're playing in that 14 man league that i created a couple years ago you'd still be able to get him for dirt cheap because he's going to be available way late in the rounds there so like i said he's not going to be a guy that you know is ultimately just going to win you your league, but he's going to be one of those producers that you're going to rely on, especially when the bye weeks start to roll around. That's like, this is a guy you can insert into your roster and be like, okay, this guy produced for me, gave you a solid like eight to 10 points. We scored a touchdown for you. Maybe he gets you into that 12 to 14 range. It's like, all right, he did his job. Now I'm just going to go back to the bench and I'm going to go back to Tyreek Hill who was on a bye week and I'm going to totally kill it. Right. So this is exactly what, so it's more of like a deep sleeper. I'd probably say with Darius Slayton, but very, very valuable as a very last pick in your draft. Or if you want to sort of temper expectations and wait to see exactly what this Giants offense is going to look like. Take him as a waiver wire addition as your first or second week and add him to your watch list. I've got five letters for you. Ready? F I T P F. Flash in the pan flex. 
<laughs> that is exactly like sure. you hit yeah, you hit the nail absolutely on the head and this is why you should by the way subscribe to our podcast because i we will look in these stats for you if you don't want to do it yourself or you can do it yourself where this is where you look at the matchups come in season because you are 100 correct is do i trust darius slayton as a week in week out uh you know a dependable flex option absolutely not but hence the first four letters is flash in the pan is if you get that just right matchup where you have a team that does not do well against the slot and you recognize okay this team is a great example of this is buffalo buffalo is the one of those defenses people constantly bench receivers against but if you actually looked how they performed against slot receivers it really wasn't that great and so if you look at and identify those type of stats darius slayton is exactly the type of player you take advantage of so i'm right there with you i think you you described his value perfectly where it is if you find the right opportunity to bring him on your team 100% I think it's worth the risk, but you need to find the right one. And if you don't want to do the research to find out, then keep tuning in throughout the season because we'll find it for you. 100% accurate. Have an effort plug. That was professional yeah, shit go. right Not there. Bad. Not bad. Oh, sure. Now uh, I can talk. Exactly. It took about 45 minutes for you yeah, to finally yeah, find your just... words here, but it's all good. It's all good. So I think you probably set it up for the best part maybe of the episode, and that's our – Fantasy wide receiver hot take for 2023. So, I mean, Tad, do you have a hot take or a bold prediction for the wide receiver <clears throat> position heading into 2023? So, I will say this. Um, my grandfather, uh, Poppy, which is not his real name, but Poppy moved from India when he was 18 years old. He built a wonderful life for my father. He built a wonderful life for me, and I appreciate everything he did. He made the decision to go to the University of Wisconsin. After he got his engineering degree there, he became a Green Bay Packers fan. I say all this because he will probably kill me for what I'm about to say. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Not a single Packers receiver this year will have more than six touchdowns or more than 1,000 yards. More than six touchdowns or 1,000 yards. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, let's hear your reasoning behind this one. I will love to do that. You know why? <laughs> Because it brings back our favorite game, over or under, Amer. It's again. <laughs> over under 800 yards, the leading Packers receiver had last year. So the most receiving yards on the team. Did he have 800 more or under? I think Christian Watson led the team in receiving yards, and I think it was like barely over 800. So I'm going to say over. I love this game so much. You are incorrect, sir. It was Alan Lazard with Lazard. I forgot Lazard is still. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. Lazard makes sense. Okay. Amir over under six touchdowns leading Green Bay receiver in terms of touchdowns. That's under. God, I love this game so much. It was over. Jeez. Wow. Christian okay. Watson was the leading one in touchdowns. With seven. Got it. So oh. Lazard had 788 yards. Watson had seven touchdowns. Obviously, no other receiver had more than six. I like, And that was with Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. clearly this offense does not work all that well until they figure something out. And this, these receivers are not getting any better. Let's not forget that Alan Lazard is gone. And I know there's been a lot of talk, too, of like, well, Romeo Dobbs has really stepped up. But you know what I'm taking from that is that Christian Watson, their supposed number one receiver, lost his job. 
in the offseason. So how good are these guys really? I, look, I'm not saying Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs are bad. Who I am saying is bad is Jordan Love. I mean, we are trusting a guy who in his first season in the NFL two years ago, and yes, I'm aware I'm kind of cherry picking there, but it was two years ago, had a less than 60% completion rate. And as of now, has three touchdowns, three interceptions on his almost three-year career at this point. Like, I don't trust Jordan Love. These are very young receivers that have given me no reason to trust them. Aaron Jones will be the focal point of this offense and every defense in the freaking world knows it. So I just, I don't see this offense being well functioning green Bay. I mean, maybe I'll touch Aaron Jones, but outside of him, I'm not touching a single soul on this green Bay offense, especially any of the receivers. That's a bold claim. Neither six touchdowns or a thousand yards. Six touchdowns. Now I, I will say this: six. I should say more than six touchdowns. I think one of them will get to six, but I don't think they'll go over. Okay, so over six touchdowns or over a thousand receiving yards. So. Uh, that thousand receiving yards, I'm very confident. In. That one seems very likely. I think just they have such inexperienced receivers that I think it's just inevitable that they're just going to spread the ball. And so no guy is going to be the main guy until like maybe too late in the season. And it's just going to be too short. It's going to just be too uh, – it's not going to be enough time then. I'm glad you use that terminology because spread the ball is why I'm also confident enough to say on the pod is the six touchdowns thing. Because I think this like spread around like, oh, it's going to be Dobbs for like three weeks. And then it's going to be Watson for another three weeks. And then it's going to be whatever the hell tight end they drafted for, you know, another three weeks. Like, it's just like, there's going to be so much spread around, you know, occasionally good football that I don't think any of them are really going to be the guy that really puts up dependable numbers. That's the thing is like, if you know, with the five letters again, flash in the pan flex, Maybe Green Bay has some of those, but I don't know. And there's in terms of like, oh, are there independent wide receiver two, wide receiver one weapons on this team? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's fair to say. I think it's just it's so much of a question mark around Jordan Love. Just like how much is he going to produce in this offense? How much is he going to lead this offense? And just like can he bring that sort of semblance that we were sort of seeing from Aaron Rodgers and before that Brett Favre, where just like when they had such a good success of having two great quarterbacks back to back, it's just like now it's just very much a question mark. Whereas like you felt a little bit more confident with the previous two guys. Now it's just like I don't know what to expect. It's just like like you said, it's just he's been here for this is entering his fifth season now, right? Like I mean. It's just like in uh, fourth season, I believe fourth season. Okay. Fourth and just season. regardless fourth or fifth season, just like we haven't He's heard been here a lot long. about him in training camp. Yeah. It's just like, there's nothing about like, Oh, Jordan Love has made positive strides or it's like, we're seeing a little bit more of the development being on the bench or being on the sidelines behind Aaron Rodgers. It's like, I barely heard any of that, if anything. And so it's just like, that's what worries me a lot about Jordan Love and this Packers offense specifically. It's just like, I don't know how it's going to operate for sure. Fourth season. So. Confirmed. He's going into his fourth season. He's going into the fourth season. So, But still, that still just doesn't give me confidence. Like I said, three years. It's just I haven't heard much about Nothing. Jordan Love. Three, I get step. it. I'll repeat this. Three touchdowns, three interceptions. Like this dude is borderline. We were talking about this with Trey Lance and Paxton Lynch in the LAFB Slack network. Jordan Love may be a closer comparison for that, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, no, it's very, very apt for sure. So also, the fact get... that Trey Lance started more games than Pax and Lynch was truly surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Um, so I'm going to get to my fancy hot take here. So okay. I'm going to go to the AFC North. I'm going to go to the Cleveland Browns, and I'm going to talk about Amari Cooper. No, and... don't do the thing. You're going to do the thing. I'm going to. I'm going to. 
He's All going right, to finish thing. as a top five no. wide receiver in fantasy football this year. So right, it was interesting. Are you that... ever going to hook me up with your dealer? Or is this going to be okay? <laughs> know, it was interesting, you... Tap, because I was sort of like thinking about this for a while. I was like toying around with what exactly my bold claim was going to be. I was going to be like, Amari Cooper's going to have over 100 receptions. Amari Cooper's going to have over 1,300 receiving yards. Amari Cooper's going to have double digit touchdowns. And when I thought about all of that, I was like, some semblance of any of those pretty much will spell that he's in that top five conversation. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make the claim and say that he's going to finish in the top five. Now, that's definitely a tall order. I mean, obviously, we have such talented receivers. We talked about Justin Jefferson. We got Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, um, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Like, I mean, there's a lot of great receivers out there that can finish in the top five. And then for Amari Cooper to sort of sweep in, like, I mean, that's like, where is this coming from? But I'm going to take you back to Houston, Tad, with Deshaun Watson being the starting Please quarterback don't. from no, 2018, don't to 20, 2018 to 2020, before, like, all this stuff. Right. Um, but in the three seasons that Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins were partners together in the passing offense, he finished as a top five wide receiver all three times, which includes one first place finish as well. So that's what it gives me confidence. That's like Amari Cooper, as soon as he builds that relationship with his starting receiver, like they're getting it in and they're getting it often. Like, I mean, just they find a way to connect and they just he overloads the number one receiver with so many targets that it's just like it's inevitable. Like you said, you said this so many times. What do you love in fantasy football? Volume, right? So I think just by pure I volume, someone exactly by pure volume, I think Amari Cooper is just going to get so many targets and so many then receptions, which will lead to the receiving yards, which will lead to the receiving touchdowns. Because I think we all know Cleveland has definitely like tied themselves to the hip to Deshaun Watson. That's like, he is their offense now. So they definitely are going to take that step and become oh, more pass friendly. Instead that's, of that's how, well, I got to interrupt you here. That's a little dramatic. They only invested what a quarter of a million dollars into him. Like, come on. Guaranteed that's, money. That's, the that's like thing. two fast and franchise move or fast and furious movies. Like you're, you're fine there. You're, you know, they are so I think fun. just the biggest thing is just guaranteed money. That's Good the tough God. thing, right? It's not is a it fully guaranteed. Yeah, it is fully Good, guaranteed. Oh that's why God. I said they're Tied to the hip. This is like pretty much set in stone. They have to ride or die with Deshaun Watson. And so it's just like you look at this and I love They'd the be other- better off actually hiring Jennifer Gardner as their cap space uh expert. Maybe. Like Maybe. oh my god, sorry. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Jesus Christ. Um I do like the supplemental pieces that they have in that passing offense where they have Donovan People Jones, which I'm a huge fan of. They drafted David Bell out of Purdue a couple seasons ago. I like him as well. David Joko at the tight end position I like as well. But just the big thing – oh, they tra- they trade for Elijah Moore, which a lot of people are sort of high on. I'm not as high on him as, where, as much, but just they still have good supplemental pieces there. But just regardless, Hold you on. see Amari – Sorry, sorry. You're missing the number one receiver. Who? Amari Cooper. Well, I'm talking about Amari Cooper as my take. Okay, so sorry, sorry. Okay, all right. Sorry, Jeez, man. Sorry. What is I'm with sorry. you this episode? I'm sorry. I thought, you were gonna, with you. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Amari Cooper on top of that. Repeat your point. Anyway, carry on. Once again, I was talking about supplemental pieces. Everybody knows the primary pieces of Amari Cooper. So, mm, I mean. Just true. Just save me um, from the YouTube comments. If you look at last season, Cooper had the second most receiving yards in his career, and he uh, set career high at receiving touchdowns as well as receiving targets. Now that was all with Jacoby Brissett and then a little bit of Deshaun Watson at the end of the season. Now, obviously, you look at what Deshaun Watson did at the end of the season. You're like, can we really trust this guy? But I think this is sort of a little bit different where it's like he hadn't played for, what, 
practically two years, Ted. I mean, it's like I remember we were counting it. Yeah, for it was like a year and a half, year. two years. But yeah, yeah, it was like pretty years, much basically. a year and three quarters. I think it was like he only played yeah. a handful of games down that season. But I think that shook the rust off enough. Now he's heading into the season like he knows he's the bona fide starter. He's going to practice like it. He's obviously going to strategize like it. And I think we're going to see shades of the old Deshaun Watson finally. I think that sort of connection that we're going to see him and Amari Cooper. I mean, it's just like. They're going to be a lot more efficient on the passing game. Like I said, as much as I love Nick Chubb this season, like, I mean, with everything that I was saying about the unfortunate passing of Jim Brown and just all he wants to pay his respect. So, <laughs> that, like, that man is going to kill Nick Chubb to the moon. Like, I'm all he in on going, some Nick Chubb. He is legit going to murder <laughs> someone by literally running over them. I don't yeah. mean with a car, I mean with his body. Yeah, no, I'm all in on Nick Chubb this year, but I'm very much all in on this connection between Watson and Cooper. I think they're really just going to hook up a lot. They're you're going to hear it a lot on the broadcast. And like I said, I think he's going to entertain the idea of finishing the top five. I think it's a bold claim. I think he does it. Though. Top five is a little high, in my it is. opinion. It is. Top 10 I like a lot, though. It's like you said. is Well, I, he finished 10th last year, so that's why I was like, 10 is a little bit easy. I was like, really I think he has the chance surprising. to finish top five. Yeah. Here's my thing, and I, I, this is where I feel uncomfortable when you come up with takes like this because I have no real <laughs> stats to go against you. That's All fair. I have is the eye test, and what I mean by the eye test is kind of what you touched on was that chemistry and just that that it factor between Watson and Cooper just wasn't there last year. Like every That's time fair. I watched the Browns' fair. offense, I was they just something seemed off. But it's one of those things where 100% you can fix that in off season, no problem. Because you got to remember during Deshaun Watson's suspension, he was not allowed to practice with the team. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that was a massive factor. There was a zero doubt about that. So now that he's had an entire off season of practice with these guys, Amari Cooper is one of those receivers where I'm not going to target particularly early, but say fourth or fifth round rolls around and he's still on the board. That's a name I start going. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting because that's not even uh you know, flash in the pan flex. That is a every week flex best or worst case scenario right there. Like if you, yep. you know, I talked about this uh, in last episode where if I get cam Akers and Khalil Herbert on my bench, I'll be happy. If Amari Cooper is sitting on my flex, I am a very happy man coming out of the draft. So it's one of those ones where kind of what we talked about earlier, where yes, there is a gamble there. It is a risk. No doubt about it, but that is a definite risk. I am very happy taking if you make it at the right time. That is not a third round risk, in my opinion. I think a lot of people are going to go for that. I don't agree with that, but any time after the third round, if he's there, you can get him for cheap. If you're in an auction draft, you can get him, you know, at the back end of a snake, you know, snake round. I like it. Yeah, so I'm very high on Amari Cooper. I'm very high on Nick Chubb as well this year. So, I mean, yeah, Brown's offense, I'm kind of intrigued by it. So, yeah, Dude, we'll Nick, see how Nick, that all plays out in 2023. Nick Chubb's going to kill a guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much I'm, just, I'm so scared. I'm not even playing him. I'm scared of him. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so that's going to conclude it here of our wide receiver episode. Like we talked about earlier in the episode, we have done a quarterback episode. We also did a running back episode. So make sure you're tuning in to check out those episodes for all of our insights at those two positions. Um, we're going to be having our running backs rankings dropping soon. And you see the ticker down below. I mean, you have our social media handles. That's where you can find those full rankings for the wide receivers, the running backs, the quarterbacks, and all other positions that we're doing. So, I mean, 
Make sure you're following us on all our social media handles. I mean, you're seeing it coming down again. You got me at Under the Side 23 at Twitter. You got Tad at 10 Side 94. You got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And of course, we're on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. Um, make sure you're subscribing to our podcast. I mean, we would love to give you this advice. We want to make sure that you're taking full advantage of it as you prep for all your fantasy drafts. And of course, what's your in season? We'd love to help you with all your trade advice and start sit advice and, you know, waiver advice and just anything and everything we want to help you so make sure subscribe to the podcast as well as doing the social stuff so whether you listen on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify listen right on the lafe network website ton of options for you just hit that subscribe button make sure you're watching us on youtube as well subscribe to our youtube channel so you get all the great information on youtube as well and big thing is you got to support our parent network lafe network they're giving us an opportunity to give you all this great advice week in and week out when it comes to fantasy football. That is LAFB Network. They're covering, they got you covered with the Rams and the Chargers at the NFL level and the Bruins and the Trojans at the college level. So they got you supported with all LA sports, LA sports football specifically. Hopefully we'll expand to some other sports down the road, but we'll see where that all goes. But definitely they got you covered with football there with all four LA sports teams there. And guys, I mean, just to everybody who's already interacted with us, who's asking us questions, who's watching, who's listening, who's reading our articles, which are going to be coming out pretty soon once the season picks up i mean just anything and everything guys you're doing to support us we really just can't thank you enough i mean speaking of it, possible expansion to Cy guys baseball forum has a pretty good ring to it i carried that based on your knowledge oh, of no, where you mike been, you is to, like you didn't you even would, know that he, <laughs> all right you know what? There, there's our Twitter handle. Tweet at us if you knew Mike Mistakis played for one year in Colorado. But anyway, speaking of our Twitter handle and, you know, fan recognition and everything, I need to do this because I got a little trouble from my friends earlier today. So I need to give a good couple shout outs to my good friends, Jimmy, Shaheen, Charlie, Jeremy, Jordan, Kevin, Kevin. Yes, there are two Kevins in there. Matt, who apparently gets too many shout outs and me. That's our entire crew, me. They Quick gave question. me. A... Yes. Is there a better Kevin? No comment. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Yes. <laughs> that means there is. That means there is. The answer is yes. <laughs> Continue with Regardless, these are all very good friends of mine that are apparently upset that I were not giving them shout outs. So here are all your guys' shout outs. But exactly, I will tell you, the audience, exactly what I told them. You want a shout out? You interact with us. That's how you get a shout out. So like Amir said, especially with the fantasy season upcoming, I know you guys have questions. I know you have draft questions. I know you have ranking questions. I know you want to fight me on these ranking things. I've seen those YouTube comments. So hit us up on social media or on YouTube. We will respond in a somewhat respectful manner. Depends what time of day it is. And uh, we will gladly talk about fantasy football. We'll talk about other fans, uh, not just fantasy football, but other football topics with you as well. Uh, you know, you're going to say other fantasies. I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to nah, stay nah. away from there, my mm, friend. That is nah, all nah. you. Trust me, you, you should. <laughs> but anyway, is where should Dalvin Cook go? Stuff like that. If you want to talk about just normal football topics, we are there for that as well, and hopefully we can sprinkle a little bit of that in the season as it approaches. But as always, everyone, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening, and please stay safe, everyone. Mm-hmm.